The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. We gather for ordered worship. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here in Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership and service in our midst. And as the spirit moves, come Sunday, your presence with us here at Marsh Chapel. On this first Sunday, as, our, as is our custom, we welcome all to receive at this open table the Lord's Supper. We invite you to consider becoming a member of the Marsh Chapter and so signifying by using the Red Book at the close of service. We invite you to consider to begin or continue the practice of disciplined, generous tithing and giving through the year. We invite you to linger for a moment following the postlude to learn or relearn one name. And we invite you, as is our custom, dating to the time of Sue Bailey and Howard Thurman of blessed memory, to join us downstairs in the Marsh Room for Dish to Pass luncheon following service. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
may we pray. O God, who before the passion of your only begotten Son revealed his glory upon the holy mountain, grant to us that we, beholding by faith the light of his countenance, may be strengthened to bear our cross and be changed into his likeness from glory to glory. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from St. Peter's second epistle, chapter 1, verses 16 through 21. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we had been eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when that voice was conveyed to him by the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice come from heaven while we were with him on the holy mountain. So we have the prophetic message more fully confirmed. You will do well to be attentive to this as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. First of all, you must understand this, that no prophecy of scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation, because no prophecy ever came by human will, but men and women moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Our reading from the Psalter this morning is from Psalm 99, as we read responsibly with the Antiphon. The Lord is king, let the peoples tremble. He sits enthroned upon the cherubim, let the earth quake. The Lord is great in Zion, he is exalted over all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awesome name. Holy is the Lord, mighty king, lover of justice. You have established equity. You have executed justice and righteousness in Jacob. Extol the Lord our God. Worship at his footstool. Holy is the Lord. Moses and Aaron were among his priests. Samuel also was among those who called on his name. They cried to the Lord and he answered them. He spoke to them in the pillar of cloud. They kept his decrees and the statutes that he gave them. O Lord, our God, you answered them. You were a forgiving God to them, but an avenger of their wrongdoings. Extol the Lord, our God, and worship at his holy mountain. Surely the Lord, our God, is holy. rise as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Deo and the proclamation of the gospel. Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew, chapter 17, verses 1 through 9. Glory to you, o Lord. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah, 
talking with them. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on the ground and were overcome with fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Walk with us, if you will, for a moment, just a few minutes this morning. You saintly souls, you know already, holy ones, how to saunter along. Take a moment, if you will, to step by step, move toward one means of grace. William Sloan Coffin cautioned his seminarians be careful of the way you walk through the city or the village of the town or the town of your service in the days to come. People can tell quite a bit about you from your gait. Always in haste, always in a hurry, no time for interruption. Ministry is, after all, interruption. Saunter along. Together we will this day. Faith is a gift, and the gift comes in the form of a journey. We travel together. We are on a journey together, one with another. You may harbor in a quieter place of your consciousness the sense that in a lifetime each of us creates more problems than he or she solves. We'll leave that debate for another day, but at least it is true along the trail, step by step, that we do learn. Whether there is progress or regress, we do learn. And when there is a loss, and when there is a perplexity, and when there is a defeat, the great gift that you may offer your compatriot, your companion on the trail, is the simple question, and what did we learn? And what did we learn from this? And what did we learn today? We are traveling and so we can see ahead some trail markers. One in just a few minutes comes as we proceed together down the sawdust trail of Marsh Chapel Center Isle and receive the Lord's Supper. Another comes Wednesday and Ash Wednesday through the day in our service at 6 p.m. Another will come in the 40 days of preparation ahead of us, days of discipline, days of study, days of experience. And for the community of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, certainly for Boston University, another will come toward the end of Lent, following and through Easter week as we remember together the events of a year ago and the loss of our own student, Lu Ling Si. We already have our service planned for April 21st at 10 a.m., but there will be other observances across the city and elsewhere on April 15th and at other 
points. One scours the scripture and searches the feeble thesaurus and lexicon that is ours personally to find words sufficient to describe the horror, the violence, the unspeakable, damnable violence of that act a year ago. We will find our way forward together. There are trail markers here. That's the nice thing about a journey, that lub-dub, one foot, two foot, right foot, left foot, straw foot, hay foot, lub-dub. It's the heartbeat of life moving forward. Take one step together, if you will, today toward one means of grace. Eucharist, the Lord's Supper, means thanksgiving. Eucharist is thanksgiving. How dear the passages of the transfiguration become for us as time goes by. So beautiful the phrases are. This is Peter, James, and John. We can expect that Andrew truly regrets to this day not having gotten up early that morning. Where is he? His absence, his elision is as good a sign of some historicity in this text as any there is. Love as you will the painting that Matthew does here with his own art, his own painting. Blessed verses, faithful use of the word vision. If it be your will that caution bright cloud. You see, this text has its own journey, seedbed in Exodus 24, roots in Mark chapter 9, the trunk of the tree here for all to see in the gospel according to St. Matthew, and then it blossoms just a moment now in Second Peter. The world does not lack for wonders, but only for a sense of wonder, G.K. Chesterton. If we remember nothing else from this decade of preaching, please hold that dear. Said Emerson, I love the silent church before any speaking. Here is the mountain, holy and high. Here is the transfiguration. Elijah and the prophets, Moses and the law, Jesus and grace, Peter, James, John, you and she and her. A moment of immediacy, of intimacy, of inwardness, of religious experience. We seem culturally to have lost our way a bit with regard to the center, the centering of religious experience. When you come to worship, you put yourself in earshot of beauty. When you come to worship, you sit next to someone who is on the trail and good. When you come to worship, you receive the remembrance of a word of grace. When you come to worship, you hear that you are a child of God, whatever your neighbor or roommate or family or boss, or, or others will tell you or imply you are a child of the living God. When you come to worship, you enter a space prepared by, with, and for, in, with, and under grace. 
take one step. Now you may object or oppose, rightly so, that sometimes worship falls off the cliff, slips on a banana peel, isn't quite right, and when it does, you need to speak to the people involved and say, I don't really think you meant to say that. Or if it's regular and spectacular, you might want to think for a moment about your social location in worship and where you most want to be. Take one step, one means of grace, Eucharist, Thanksgiving. Take a second, second step together, if you will, today. The one means of grace, the holy meal, is also a moment of remembrance. Not so much the Catholicity of Eucharist but the Baptist background of remembrance, this do in remembrance of me. Memory and recollection are not the same thing, but remembrance and recollection do have some connection one to the other. This do in remembrance of me. It's not just the meal, it's the mind. It's the mind entering the meal. Do you ever have a holy conversation with a loved one who has gone into a greater light and onto a farther shore? She is present with us this day in remembrance. Through the good offices of the Dean of Students at Boston University over the last month, students and others were invited if they should choose to apply to seek to be one of the seven runners who will run in memory of Lu Ling Si in remembrance of her in April. All 200 applications were, for those of us who had the privilege of reading through them, beautifully done. They are private, so not quoted here, but were they personal? Were they wonderful? Were they holy? Were they real? Certainly they were. These are young women and men who want to place themselves in a certain spot on a certain day and lace the sneakers and arrange the jogging togs and set forth. In this congregation, I count one, two, three at least, who already are arranged and is, uh, prepared to run, as my friend says, he of middle age, it is again uh, the victory of misplaced hope over actual reality, but I'm going to try. This is the sacrament of remembrance as well. 2,000 gathered for Lu Lingxi's memorial last spring. Do you remember its conclusion? We who had prepared word song, word song, we're distressed that the front row full of 18 family members began at the very end in the silence to whisper one to another, your Mandarin may be better than mine, but though I was right there, I didn't understand and feared. And yet, no, in a most, maybe the most memorable liturgical moment of our time here, in the silence, the family stood, turned, dressed as one addressed the gathering, bowing to the waist. One means of grace, this do in remembrance of me. 
you as listeners, particularly across the radio waves, has, have graciously over these years received what you would not have preferred and listened to what you would not have said and accepted what you have, would not have chosen. And in that ironic spirit, I bring you three or four sentences. Think with me. People of good faith can, of course, differ. It would be a boring journey if we all agreed with everything the preacher said every week. But you know, when I hear a statement about a death penalty in one or in any case, I wonder about the logic of protecting life by taking life, of resisting killing by killing. Maybe you wonder in the same way. And truly, this is not really about two brothers of the same name, one dead and one heading to trial, is it? This is about you and me, about who we choose to be as a common well. This do in remembrance of me. Have we paused enough so that the enchantment, the enthrallment, the depth of this remembrance, bread and cup, have touched us and guided us. The sacraments of our tradition are the simplest of elements, water, bread and cup, a bath and a meal. The ordinary, but in with and under such. The extraordinary. Take a third step together, if you will, you saintly, sauntering souls. One means of grace is this today, which is not only a hymn of thanksgiving and not only a word of remembrance, but a sense, a sense of presence, immediate, intimate, experiential, here, now, hic et nunc. Second Peter barely made it into the New Testament. It wasn't recognized by Augustine and by others. Uh, Irenaeus doesn't mention it. It's clearly written a hundred years after the event it, portends, it intends to remember in the first chapter. Its second chapter is the letter to Jude repeated. Don't try that on your term papers or final exams. It's a re recollection of Peter by one honoring him. And we have in it the beautiful image that death need not be feared. Death is not a candle being snuffed. Death is a lamp being turned down because the dawn has come. In this letter we have a recollection of Peter and a remembrance of an experience from a hundred years earlier. How can that be? And yet, you know, my grandmother was born in 1893, and she was the communion steward in her little Methodist church. In th those years, we received communion four times a year, not more. And on those Sundays, she prepared the tray with the little glasses of grape juice and cut the little squares, the cubes of bread, and jostled them to church full of anxiety about whether or not she had prepared enough 
elements. Anxiety, as Eliot says, we are fear and a handful of dust. Emotional anxiety, personal anxiety, performance anxiety, survivor's anxiety. In the moment, then the moment of communion, she would have heard 50 years worth of communion homilies, but not once do I recall she mentioned one such like this one. And yet when the table is opened in communion, I am thankful for her. I remember her. I sense her presence. She graduated at age 21 from Smith College and went to the little village of Tivoli on the eastern shore of the Hudson River. And in a very deep, cold winter, it may have been exactly 100 years ago, she, I am told, laced her skates and prepared her scarf and coat and mittens and toque and skated from Tivoli to Poughkeepsie, 14 miles to the south, and then turned around and skated back Poughkeepsie to Tivoli, 14 miles to the north. I wonder, seeing all the beauty of Sochi and elsewhere, whether in that hundred years ago moment there was a pause when she turned on ice to see the blue-tinted evergreens as they are at the end of February, the beginning of March. In communion, I am thankful for her. I remember her. I sense her presence. Well, beloved, we stand and sit in that presence. And so we honor those who have come before us and have taught us in such beautiful ways, like Paul Tillich saying that worldly wisdom and divine revelation should be so entangled that culture is the form of religion and religion is the depth of culture. Yes, yes, yes. So David Kelsey writing that God has created us and guides us into eschatological consummation and along the way when we are estranged reconciles us. So my predecessor, my one living predecessor in this pulpit, Robert Cummings Neville, adjures us to face the ultimates, be just, be holy, be compassionate, be fruitful, be, be grateful. And so now leaning toward Calvin next week, we hear Marilyn Robinson warning us not just to acquire but also to achieve, not only to do well, but also to do good. And in happy honoring memory to conclude as we come, to get, come forward together, to recall our predecessor in a university pulpit more than one, over a decade more than one, William Sloan Coffin reminding us that faith is being grasped by the power of love there is more mercy in God than there is sin in us. God grants us minimum protection, but maximum support. Guilt is the final stronghold of pride. Faith puts you on the journey. Hope keeps you on the journey. Love is the point 
of the journey. One means of grace, thanksgiving, and remembrance, and presence. Amen. Please be seated. We greet you once again here in the nave of Marsh Chapel on this Communion Sunday. We invite you as we, uh, during these time, this time of community life, to participate in our ritual of friendship by putting your name and contact information in the red books found along the center aisle of each pew, passing that book along to your neighbors so that we can get to know you better and help you get to know one another better throughout the coming week. A special this Welcome this morning to the Reverend Dr. Mark Yoon, our celebrant at the communion table and our university chaplain for evangelical students. We note that uh, this Wednesday is Ash Wednesday, the beginning of the Lenten season. On Tuesday evening, prior to the start of Ash Wednesday, we will have a pancake breakfast uh, here, or pancake dinner rather, here from 6 to 8 p.m. in the evening, and we hope you might join us for that. Beginning on Ash Wednesday will be the beginning of our 40 Days of Our Intention, uh, which is an email devotional you can sign up for on the chapel website. 
On Ash Wednesday, we have three services here at Marsh Chapel, beginning at 8.30 in the morning. For our students, we promise that we will have you out by 8.50 so that you can get to your morning classes. Uh, then again at 5.15 downstairs in Robinson Chapel and up here at 6 p.m. for our interdenomina interdenominational Ash Wednesday service. Following the service today, our chapel choir and collegium make their way down to New York City for Bach at 1 at Trinity Wall Street tomorrow, and we send our be best wishes to all of them. As usual, for all of our upcoming services and activities, as well as the opportunity for online giving, we encourage you to visit the chapel website, bu.edu chapel. As the ushers wait upon us for the morning offering, we invite you to meditate upon H. Balfour Gardner's setting of an evening hymn. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
Father, out of the abundance you gave us, we offered a small token back to you. Please receive it and be glorified in our midst. In the name of Christ, your Son, amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sins before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done his will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. We have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ with you always. Let us exchange the words of peace with your neighbor. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. God of all times and all places, God of the infinite, infinitesimal, in the blazing splendor of your glory, you called forth light from darkness, day from night, land from oceans, and life in all its dazzling array from lifeless matter. Among the living, you made and called humankind, imprinting upon us your image to be bearers of your glory in the world. Though we fail to shine and hid your image within us, you continue to call us into the fellowship with you and to fulfill your mission for us through prophets, scriptures, and priests, and a people you redeemed for yourself. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy,
holy are you and your son, Jesus Christ. In him, we see the fullness of your glory revealed in human form. Born into poverty, he fulfilled his mother's song that you would fill the hungry with good things and send the rich empty away. Declaring the nearness of your kingdom, he forgave sinners, cast out demons, raised the dead, restored the blind and lame, visited the sick, the prisoners, and the needy, and gathered disciples to continue to declare the good news in words and deeds, transfiguring the world in the power of your Holy Spirit. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made us with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, he broke the bread and gave it to his disciples and said, take it. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup gave thanks to you and gave to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood in the new covenant, poured out for you and many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's suffering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world. Until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen.
And now, with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
eternal God. We give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and forever.